Now. Three, two, one, go! What's up and welcome to episode 41 of the Cooldown Time Podcast, a horrendously good weekly show about gaming's best and bootiest. I'm your graphically impressive host, Marco, and joining me as always is my co-host, King of Podcast Co-op, and your gaming Valentine. We got Pablo in the house. Pablo, happy Valentine's Day to you and the wife. What's going on? How's it going? Uh everything is going well. I appreciate that. Uh happy Valentine's Day to you. And your video game consoles. Mm. Uh, Sweet love. It's going to be really nice. Sweet love. But um, yeah, man, I'm excited to talk about how right I was about this Nintendo Direct because I was so right. Everything I said was accurate, correct. I'm the Nostradamus of video game predictions. Pablo Damas has arrived. Uh, We were both right and wrong about quite a few things. So let's let's not get braggadocious yet. But uh, I was pretty wrong. Yeah, I was about some <laughs> things too. But uh, happy Valentine's Day to all of you listeners out there. Congratulations for not uh, dying alone, uh, at least for now. Um, Pablo, Valentine's Day, <laughs> <laughs> Valentine's Day has got me thinking about this question. Ah, I want to, I want to ask you this. I want to ask you a little something. When you think about all the games that you've played that have had romance options, mm-hmm. what would be your favorite video game romance you've ever had? Now, does the game have to have romance options, or it could have been like an implied relationship? You, you, uh, you pretty much had to essentially hit it. Ooh. <laughs> oh <laughs> man! Uh, probably, I, I think for me, and hopefully, I'm not treading too much on your uh, answer to this. Was uh, Jack from uh, Mass Effect Two? Because you know it, it was so funny because you got this. Uh, prestigious commander and commander shepherd who is uh, about to save the world and he can't get enough of this murderous psychopath (laughs) (laughs) and it's and it's so good because i think you know i I, it's funny because i think when they wrote that they might have i think they knew people were going to be like you know attracted to to that character in that way but people were people were (laughs) just the reactions to me were like are you serious But it was it was it was so good. Um, that was probably my favorite one. Where I, I just did everything I wanted. To, I just kind of wanted to, to to make sure that I got I didn't miss that that opportunity with Jack. It was it was fantastic. Jack was, was pretty bomb. Yeah, she's wearing yeah. two belts for a shirt. <laughs> so it's like, <laughs> good God, not a whole lot of a like you know foreplay there at all. Left up to the imagination. Yeah, yeah. I would say um, mine is. Uh, do you remember? Cullen from Dragon Age Inquisition, the guy with like the yeah. feathers around his yeah, yeah, of he got this work, bro. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't I even almost... be like that, but man, he he was just I was like, yo, you are this dude's fire. So yeah, my, I, my character I almost was, picked uh, you know, Cassandra from Dragon Age Inquisition because that was another one who was this curmudgeon. Oh, uh, and it was actually re- I actually romance her because it was really cool because. To kind, I think for me that was most satisfying one because of you kind of broke down those walls of her just being like this absolute like I'm all about the rules, all about this, and and you slowly like took those little things out until you finally you know you got the work. But it hey. was um, she it, she it, struck it, me as like one of the like a starfish in bed, just just not even that's that's the type <laughs> she struck me. <laughs> <Jeez>. <laughs> 
she ain't gonna look back at it. Anyways, uh, <laughs> <laughs> welcome Romance. to another episode of the Cool Down Time Podcast. If you're a new listener, this is what you can get from us if you uh, happen to subscribe to our show. If you came back. This is what you came back to. Thank you. Uh, we upload new episodes. I'm sorry. Yeah, we are very sorry. We upload uh, weekly on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, um, or wherever you're streaming now, if it's neither one of those two. Um, you can also keep us in your FOV in between episodes by following us on Instagram at Cooldown Time Podcast or Twitter at Cooldown Time Pod. Speaking of which, our follower shout outs. We got two this time. We have uh, Fifth Element Gaming. Great movie, by the way. Uh, one of my favorites of all time. Multipass. Multipass, Ruby Rod. Oh, man, that's that classic movie. Um, and I'm not sure if I'm going to say this name right, but uh, Snowsayer, I think, is, is, is how you say it. My, I might be wrong. Uh, but, you know, he... This uh, you know, person gave us a hell of a compliment um, and a DM on Instagram saying that he hates most video game podcasts and we are the only one that uh, they've listened to that is tolerable and enjoyable. And so uh, I was like, I appreciate that. So you're going to get this shout out for oh, that. That's so really nice. Thanks for the love. Um, so that's, uh, that's kind of what we got going on for now. Uh, great episode in store. Uh, we got some loadouts to talk about, which is our segment dedicated to the games we've been playing since you last heard from us. Uh, Pablo's got some interesting insights about a new game he's been playing and I'm uh, still working on some other stuff and going to return to uh, Forgotten Classic. So we'll get into that soon. We have Hit Points, which is our new segment of the show. We're going to be talking about Microsoft Activision Blizzard acquisition updates, uh, which includes the future of exclusivity. Uh, we also have an update about Platinum Games, um, wanting to make games for everybody, including Xbox again. And Ubisoft being Ubisoft as well. So stay tuned for that. And then we have our main event of the episode, which is called The Checkpoint Chat. And that is going to be dedicated to our analysis on all of the big points from the Nintendo Direct uh, event that happened. Uh, 40 minutes of, of really interesting stuff for the Nintendo Switch. And we're going to talk about the best or most interesting things that came from that event uh, for sure. So, uh, Pablo, why don't we go ahead and get this started, man? Let's start this off with loadouts. All systems nominal. Loadouts ready. All right. So, um, I'm going to go ahead and kick it over to you first, man. Uh, you are playing uh, a game that has just come out that, uh, by all accounts, does not sound like a very Marco video game, but uh, I'm going to let you kind of take the floor and talk seafood to me, but I want to kick it off with a question. Um, what is Sifu, Pablo, and what is Sifu not, in as best you can describe? Sifu is not a brawler action game. Um, mm. Sure, it may look like a game that you can just jump in, a uh, Streets for Rage type where you go in there and you just beat people up. Uh, it is combo-based. It You do upgrade moves and all that, but it is not that at all. Not in a traditional sense. It is an action game, but it's an action game like Dark Souls is an action game. You know, where, sure, there's action in it, but everything that you do is very much uh, intentional. This is closer to a fighting game, uh, if, if more than anything. Um, I, I, one of the things that this game didn't do a good job of is really explain what it really was. Now, what, when, when the, the trailer started coming out, it really seemed like it was something that it turned out not to be. And so that's a little dis disappointing. But ultimately, what the game ended up being, for me, really, really, really works. I, I'll say this. It is an amalgamation of different games, 
and that doesn't feel and it never feels disjointed or forceful it is those systems in this work really 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 well um there is an undeniable comparison to dark souls uh more specifically sekiro uh and it's not because the game is hard that's not the only reason why it's compared to sekiro for example sekiro has this thing called the posture system which isn't a stamina bar it's how much you can actually block uh and that fills up once that fills up you're no longer able to block or do any parries that is very that is the central conceit of this game everything has to do with that uh with that posture system uh and then also with the level design the way that you go through the level and the way you start it off and the way you can unlock shortcuts to then uh, kind of get to, to the end of that level a little quicker, all that stuff is very much like Dark Souls. Now, why would you need to do that in this game? Why would you need to get to a specific part of that uh, map uh, quicker? Here's the thing. There is this age system that they've talked about or shown right. in, in, in the game, right? This age system is basically, it's, it's really your life meter. So you do have an in-game life meter. When that goes away, you die, but then you come back. Here's how this system works. You start off at the first level uh, at 20 years old every time, if you start at the first level. Once you die for the first time, that's tw- then you become 21 years old. If you die again, that's your second death. At that time, they add two, so now you're 23. And if you die again, you're 23, and now you become 26. So is it basically like just... A glorified amount of continues that you have? Yes and no. Because every time the younger you are, the more life you have. And as time goes on and the older you get, you have less life, total life, but you're stronger. Oh, because, okay. Okay. You know, you're gaining experience, so you're stronger. As you go through these things and you die, you can unlock these experience points where there are extra moves. Uh, and that whole conceit is trying to get to at second level. At the lowest age possible. So, for example, I in my first run through, I made it uh, to level two at age thirty. Right? Uh, when you start off that level, your counter starts off at zero again, your death counter. But you know you're at thirty years old. So I went back, played the first level, and I had already unlocked some shortcuts. So I got from from the beginning of the level to the boss of the level and got to age twenty five, which I'm now in the second level at age twenty five. <laughs> so I was able to. To, uh, to 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 get my my age shorter, so I have more time in the second level. So weird. And then you, <laughs> yeah, but it, but it works really well because that's how you kind of are, are going through. Okay, you're 25 years old. You're in the club level now. You're going through it. You're 65. You're 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 almost at the end, and you think, why would I keep going if I'm not going to make it? You do that to find the unlocks, find those spots to once you do die, once you reach 70 or 70 plus 75 plus then the game is over and you start right back from the beginning of level two how, or wherever you die. how old do you how how old do you do you get it's five levels of age so okay you have five basically five continues but depending on how many times you die and how many times the multiplies of death becomes you can get anywhere from 70 to 79 is usually where the game is over Jeez. now <laughs> here's the thing you're probably rolling around there in a hover around at that point <laughs> Yeah, the cool thing is, is like dialysis. When you you think about old kung fu movies, (laughs) when you think about old kung fu movies, the master, the old master, that's how he looks like, and he's super strong. Yeah, he's taking out people in in with with like just one move, but he's very weak. He could die quicker. Now, here's the thing: 
there are certain aspects. There are many bosses in that game, and these bosses, these uh, other kind of regular uh, enemy types that get enraged when you do a finisher on them. If they get enraged and you kill them, then your kill counter goes down. So, for example, if you had already died three times, right, and you killed one of the mini bosses, then your kill counter goes down to two. Okay. And if you survive and kill another mini boss, then your kill counter goes down to one. And then if you die at 60, then instead of coming 63, you're 61. Do you know what I mean? Hmm. Okay. So there's a lot of these systems in here. And 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 the thing is, the frustrating thing is, and I think a lot of people are online talking about how difficult this game is. Yes, but also the difficult part of this game is understanding these systems and it took me a few hours to really wrap my head around it there's also these shrines throughout the the game that you can actually bolster your um your life or uh like if you do a takedown it gives you life and you can only do that depending on certain age groups like you could only do that upgrade up to age 30 only upgrade up to age 60 Mm -hmm. uh and then there's also a second part if you have this amount of xp you could also unlock certain uh unlocks there too and those are more just kind of uh to help you uh in that run they're not permanent unlocks. So you only get, you only get the you life are... alert. You only get the life alert once, right? <laughs> <laughs> I got all the old jokes, man. I'm ready. But but listen, let me tell you, this game, I I have to say, I I, I love it. I, I I right now just kind of going through it and and kind of mapping out the way what I'm gonna do. And also, the, the levels are small. They're not really open ended, but there are different ways and different tactics that you can take to actually approach. Uh, the 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 you're, you're those fighting like you you go into the club you've never been there before so you have no idea what you're doing and then once you're in your third or fourth playthrough of it you're really understanding where those those people are going to be and what you need to do and and you start doing like these really dope ass moves and you, it just really looks like a uh, the producer said that it's a Dark Souls inspired and Jackie Chan movie inspired and that's exactly what it feels like. it feels like a Jackie Chan movie there's this one scene and I know people who are are uh, cinephiles who love movies of uh, this o- older movie from early 2000s called Old Boy it's a Korean event, uh, revenge movie where there's a one take that it's very it's very famous is for spike lee did a remake that's terrible so don't watch that one watch the korean version of a hallway fight scene with a box cutter where you he it's a whole they do that in the first level without the box cutter it is and the whole dynamic the whole thing changes to 2d fighter that way it I is saw that. It, it's yeah it's yeah. so good that looked it's, cool. it's little things yeah it's little moments like that that are really really great um no, I, got, I think if you understand i'm sorry if go you ahead, understand how the posture system works you, you're gonna be fine in this game it's going to be challenging, but if you under- really get to know that posture system, then it's not going to be an issue for you to really get through this game. Well, that brings me to one question. I have two, actually, but let me start with one that is kind of a piggyback off of what you're saying now. How much does this game teach you versus how much does this game leave leave it up to you to figure things out for yourself? If you had to like kind of give a ratio to that or a percentage to that. In, okay, in which way? Like, um, so is it, is it more, does it, does it kind of guide you and, and give you enough mm-hmm. tutorial stuff to, to set you on your yeah. path well enough, or does it leave some things obscure and you kind of figure things out on your own by experimentation? The fighting aspect of it is covered in a tutorial. And when the game, the, the title screen comes up, it says Sifu, it actually has you fight all the bosses that you're about to encounter to teach you one mechanic uh, of of the game, so the block mechanic. So you you kind of okay. see a preview of those boss fights. So once you get into the uh, into the actual um, game, you 
have a, 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 a kind of cursory knowledge of how to go about it. The problem is, is putting those things together. There's the block button, which up on block blocks uh, things on top, down, down blocks low blocks. Now, just holding it block any block, but there's uh, block any shots. But there are certain aspects when you see his arm turn red, the, the, the enemy's arm turn red, that you should block up. You see the leg turn red, then you should block down. Those are the only moves that would affect you in terms of health. But if you just hold the block number down and your posture system is fine, you're going to block most of the shots. It's just that okay. you can't get too greedy, that you can't get in there and try to get additional shots that you're just not going to be able to land. Okay. But. In that aspect, yes. In the systems aspect, the game is flat out terrible. There, when you are playing, the, when you're uh, upgrading in the, just like an upgrade tree, it doesn't. It tells you there five times five hundred for permanent unlock. That means you have to unlock that thing five times to make it permanent. Oh, you can unlock okay. it once, and it's yours during that run. But you need to do that five times to make it a permanent thing, which it doesn't. The game never tells you that. So you're like, okay, you know, you're not really understanding Ugh. these things. Even though it says it there, it, it, there's a difference between it telling you what it is and actually showing you, and it doesn't show you. Systems-wise, okay. and the age thing, it does tell you that. I've never saw where beating a mini-boss or beating an enraged boss, and you'll know because he has, like, the thing over his head, that takes your counter kill counter down or your death counter down. I never saw that. I just saw that happening. And so... A lot of the times when my kill counter is going up, I'm looking for these enraged enemies or mini bosses to bring that kill counter down. Uh, so, but yeah. Uh, one more question before we move on. Um, I, I want to know kind of with all these gameplay elements and, and obviously the aging and all that, like what what is the context narratively and is the story anything to write home about at all before we move on? Absolutely not. Uh, look, it's 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 very kung fu tropey. You start the game off as playing as a bad guy. This is literally straight up as as soon as you start, and you end up killing the main character's uh, father. Uh, that's like the first few minutes. Then you get to pick whether it's a boy or a girl, and then from that point on, you're gonna go through. You're gonna fight five of the bosses that are in five different locations hold to up, avenge your up. father's death. So, you start as the person that kills a child's father, father, and then you become the child. Is that right? That's right. Okay, got, mm -hmm. it. got it. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And then you fight these five bosses that have a semblance of personality, but they, they, they don't really. Like, I think one is called the botanist, the other one is called the artist, the one's called the fighter, the CEO, and the leader. And each have, like, this personality about them that it's... it's, it's what, you really probably would have to look it up and it'll tell you kind of a little blurb on them or you look in the compendium and it tells you a little thing about them. But there's nothing else really there. There's like when you beat the first boss, it does a close up and your guy goes, I've waited eight years for this. And then it goes black because you killed him. It, it's it's very much. I know we've talked about this off mic and you said like the, the raid, you know, this yeah. reminds you of the raid. It's paper thin story like that. Or or J dread. Remember that uh, the Judge Dread movie uh, that that came out yeah. that was literally like the raid. It's literally like you killed my father. Now I'm gonna avenge by killing each of those people by going through each of these levels. I guess that's fine. It's very. I, I guess I was just. It's fine. It's more of like a yeah. like if you're gonna do all the aging stuff, like how do they explain that though? Like what what's the narrative reason behind that? Okay, so the narrative reason is I don't know. Oh, it's just it's just a thing. I, I don't know. I, I I don't know if I've I don't know if I've ha I just haven't gotten there yet or <laughs> what it what is. Saying? But or maybe I or maybe I missed it. But yeah. But honestly, the age thing is really cool. I think that's one of the most smartest things I've seen in the game in a long time. But yes, it is a single player narrative experience still, and they they have not explained that to me yet. I, I thought it was look, because of some thing he was holding on to. 
um, like some charm thing. That, that I think it's the same yeah, thing that, that you see that in the upgrades, that, right? Yes, there is that charm thing that he is holding on to. Yeah. That is given to you by your father. Okay, I'm wondering if that's but maybe it, but I don't, th- I don't it know. Is, it is, because it is because it, it's five rings on it, and each time you die, you can see that those rings are going. Oh, but okay. It's still, that, it tells you that, but it doesn't tell you why it's happening. How convenient. Man. But I think there might, maybe they will. I mean, I, look, I don't know. I don't know if it's a story spoiler, uh, yeah. but I, I honestly don't know. All right. So, I mean, obviously you're still working through it. So, you know, we'll catch up on it. We'll do like a review roundup uh, checkpoint at yeah. some point yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and talk through some of the games we've, we've finished. And I'm curious to hear how you feel about this one when you, uh, when you roll them credits, but uh yeah, definitely an interesting game. That's for sure. I don't know if it's for me. I might wait until it's on sale because everything about that game just sounds frustrating as hell. And I'm already committing to dying, uh, not dying light, but um, Elden Ring. And that's already my challenging game of the year. So I don't know about this. I, I, but see, I, I think that like those Dark Souls, Demon Souls, and, and now Elden, Elden Ring coming out, those, those are difficult games. Uh, but this game just seems so much more difficult because of what it doesn't tell you. And once you start wrapping your head, and maybe that's on purpose, and once you start wrapping your head around these systems, a game does get uh, a lot easier. And once you clearly understand posture, that it does get a lot easier. And maybe that's the purpose. But I, 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 I think that you know it, it leaves a lot to be desired in that aspect in terms of like, I, I understand not being want to be handheld, uh, your your hold hand, your handheld through the experience. But man, like. Don't throw me into like I mean mm-hmm. the the whole system thing I had to li- literally just sit there and 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 kind of like understand it by repetition rather than them explaining it to me which does doesn't really do anything for me other than it made it a little bit more understandable and then you know got my strategies uh, to work a little better but yeah Get it is good. in that point but I I I do like it I, I do like it a lot uh, if I were to say it's so early on it's probably like my game of the year or right behind pokemon uh but it's 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 really good but it's so early but it's really fun all right yeah i mean on my side of things um my loadouts are pretty boring this week well not boring but i'm just i'm still playing dying light 2 i'm almost at the end of the game um i got about three missions left to go i've i've pretty much decided to mainline it um the side stuff and and all the things you can do around the 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 you know the, the city is just not captivating to me and that's not really dying lights like a, a fault for dying light i just I, i'm i'm pretty tired of open world games in general so it's not really a dying light problem it's more of a, a me thing i guess but i just like mainlining this one it's uh you know the story's been a little spotty at times but um it has some pretty good moments and some really good characters uh yeah. the character that's played by rosario dawson whose name in the game is lawan uh, is super fire. I mean, it's funny we we're talking about Jack at the beginning of this episode. This character is a lot like Jack, like a lot uh, in terms of personality and you know the aggressive side, but also that that like vulnerable side that's kind of knocking around in there. Yeah. It's it's she's a really really cool character that I wasn't now, expecting. So she's and I, I imagine she stands out because she's like a great actress or at least you yeah know, I, I yeah assume. and so that th- because a lot of the my complaints about that game story-wise because i do love that game too it's really good uh is that the voice acting is so poor sometimes no nah, hers is good hers is actually very yeah, good yeah, yeah. Um, that's it, what i'm saying that's probably why she stands out so much oh yeah 100 percent. yeah so uh, i'm still enjoying the game a lot um i am kind of just like i said cruising through it um it, like just to get to the main story um but i am still enjoying the gameplay quite a bit i haven't run into a lot of bugs to be honest i've had two issues i had sound cut out and i had like a cutscene bug but they were 
just about it. So I, I'm pretty yeah. satisfied with the quality of the game. I'm not really, I mean, I, I'm not going to discredit anybody else's experience for having bugs or whatever, but I had no problems. The only, <laughs> the only issues I had is I get, I got stuck a few times in environments, but nothing that I couldn't get out of. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. But no, it's, it's let me ask you a question. So as, as you've gone through it, what have you thrown your points uh, into? Uh, are you more into the uh, parkour aspect? Are you more into the fighting aspect? Are oh, you doing more parkour. of the stamina or more of the health? Mm-hmm. Parkour, yeah. Um, yeah. The, I, I, I'm predominantly mostly stamina um, focused rather than health because I think just being agile and, and not having to worry about falling off of a you know a, a rail is is more important to me than anything. Um, I, I find the combat to be pretty easy, honestly, so I haven't really needed health as much as I thought I would. Um, even at night, uh, you know, getting away from those those enemies are pretty easy for me because I'm getting used to the parkour yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. So I, I feel pretty good about that. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm predominantly a parkour based. Um, a lot of the gear that I wear is either tank or medic class so that I can kind of regenerate health quicker and, and, and take a lot of damage if I get stuck in a bad spot. But yeah, I, I, I kind of appreciate that stuff. I really didn't think about that and we didn't talk about that in the last episode, but the gear aspect of it is kind of cool that it lets you yeah, it pick stuff based on how your play style is and it kind of accentuates those strengths. Um, so yeah, I, I stick to melee. I don't do any range stuff with the bow and arrows. Actually, I, I just I, I like my one or two hand weapons, and I've been kind of flying yeah. through it. So yeah, it's been fun. Uh, yeah, I think that the way they do that is really interesting because you can definitely uh, up your points in combat, but also up your points in stamina. So you can actually run and and, and jump and grab onto things for longer, but also be kind of like a a, a, a deadly you know machine with with weaponry you can and you can just kind of go about that any way you want it's actually really open to kind of creating your own class of player which is really good yeah yeah exactly so i'm gonna finish that before i get into crossfire x and other stuff i also downloaded um wolf among us um since the new trailer uh was was revealed and that trailer is fire flames uh, it's so good. Um, I, that trailer was, was cut so well. Um, and, and really it was perfect. It restored a lot of confidence that I had because it's been a long time since the Wolf Among Us came out, which is, uh, for those of you who haven't played it, it's, it's an old Telltale, uh, games, uh, series that came out, uh, quite some time ago, uh, but was so, so good and, uh, was, uh, just begging for a sequel because uh, of how good it, it, it was the first time around. Um, a lot of people liked it more than the Walking Dead uh, Telltale series, and I can see why. Um, I, did. I, I did. I think pound for pound, it definitely has an argument. Uh, so I'm going to try to play through that again to just get reacquainted. I know the new game doesn't come out till 2023, but I'm kind of on one of my, like, you know, okay, I'm, it's it's on my mind, so now I kind of have to play it type of vibes. So. It's so... Yeah, it's so that game is so good. Um, uh, Big B is is Ugh. one of my favorite characters in video games. The way and they take was, all these characters from from fairy tales and turn them into like these these kind of gritty human beings, it's 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 really cool. Yeah, I agree. I agree. It's it's super dope. I like uh, the way that this trailer was that Pinocchio and uh, I that was think Pinocchio so. and, and who was the other? Oh, the Tin Man. I didn't know if that was the Tin Man or not. I couldn't tell when I first saw. I was like, "Is, is that you?" Tin I it? think so. But it's just—it's little things like that where you're like, you know, Snow White is your boss, and it, 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 they just—they really, really nail it. And uh, like you said, it comes out next year. But I, you know, I would be uh, 
like quote unquote, I'd be worried because this game was uh, being made, canceled, then picked up by this other company, be and then being co-developed, and now it's being co-developed by both of them. But that's because Telltale just came back into the developing phase of of the company because they had disbanded, right. came back as a publisher type of thing. Now, so I'm really con- if the original, at least the people who were involved are back. That's that's so good. In 2023, I mean, we got enough games this year. We don't need anything else. Yeah, exactly. Get it right. I can wait. I'm just glad that I know it's officially a thing now and I can rest easy. But yeah, God, um, definitely recommend it. If you guys are into a really uh, cool story-driven noir kind of detective thing uh, with some awesome you know, plot characters did. and uh, you know action, it's so, so fun. Uh, so yeah, that's all I got going on for my, uh, my side of things with loadouts. So uh, with that being said, let's go ahead and transition right into Hit Points. For breaking news, rumors, and booty juice, it's time for Hit Points. All right. So, um, Pablo, before we recorded this episode, um, I was cooking, and uh, I went ahead and, and, and saved you a plate of, uh, of, of some well-seasoned uh, baked crow. And we're just going mm-hmm. gonna to go ahead and share this and, 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 and hold this L while we do so. Uh, It's so delicious. Uh, The feathers are a little weird, but it's fine. Um, Listen, Microsoft has announced that Call of Duty and other popular Activision Blizzard games will continue to be released on PlayStation and Nintendo platforms beyond their current agreements. Stating, quote, we believe this is the right thing to do for the industry, for gamers, and for our business, end quote. So, Pablo, let's get some spoonfuls of this crow, man, and 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 let's discuss this uh, this cross-platform commitment on the part of Microsoft. What are your impressions of this? Tell me how you're feeling. Look, when this first happened, I said that if this was going to be open platform, Phil would just come out and say it, and he did, and it, it is that simple. So, yeah, I, I think Phil was being very careful and cryptic, uh, using not specific wording. Uh, but now that they have a better understanding of what they want to do with the, the acquisition, the IP, they they, they cleared the air, and I, I think this is I think it's the right thing to do. And I think that one of the things that I have to remind myself of is that I cannot pretend to understand what a multi billion dollar corporation wants to do or how they value seventy billion dollars. Because my thing was, if you spend seventy billion dollars, of course you're going to have IP that's going to be exclusive to you. You just spend seventy billion dollars. They don't care. They they spend some dollars to obtain this IP, and now they're going to be making money off of everybody else. So it, it makes sense. It, it's Call of Duty. It's a multiplayer. Um, it's a multiplayer centric game. Uh, you know, it's gonna it's gonna be on Game Pass. It's gonna all that good stuff. Where game, Xbox players are gonna benefit, but now PlayStation people don't have to invest into an ecosystem that they never planned to do so just to play their beloved Call of Duty, which there's a lot of people who just play Madden and Call of Duty. It's it's one of those weird games where it is, there's people who just buy systems just to play those games. And so it just makes a lot of sense for this to be the case. And I don't know if the, if the, um, if the Bungie stuff had anything to do with this. If I was going to get to some, that. Yep. Yeah. I got, I it got was some backdoor dealings. <laughs> yeah. It was some backdoor dealings that he's like, all right, we got that. Okay. Then I guess we're going to give you this. Maybe that's what it is. But I think ultimately uh, the way it was phrased was like, again, Phil just being, just being a killer is like, yeah, I think this is best for games, for gaming and, and whatnot. So I, 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 I'm happy that I'm wrong about this because Call of Duty on everything. It's just, it just makes sense to me. Yeah. All right, you you feast on some humble pie, while uh, while I go ahead and eat this crow myself. Listen, I I think this is um this is cool. I mean, look, 
I'm I'm not going to get off of the, the the take that the industry is changing and that we need right. to get used to the fact that these companies are going to be competitive in ways that we um, may not have seen at this level at, at any point in the past. I still believe that, and I still believe that exclusivity is still going to be a piece of the puzzle, um, but this is a reality where... I'm realizing in real time that that does not necessarily mean it's one size fits all. So with Bethesda, right. yes, that still seems to be relatively exclusive, although now that does reopen some of those conversations to say, well, if you can do that for Activision uh, Blizzard games, can you do that? Can you revisit your stance on some of this stuff with your Bethesda deal too? So I think they're going to have some questions to answer again about that. And I think that's where I get a little irritated with Microsoft. And I think I said this when we when we talked about the acquisition. I think that being obscure and just kind of speaking gibberish um, to the community at times on the part of Phil Spencer, it, it I think it made things a little worse because it you did that with Bethesda and then you finally you know, told us your stance and told us it was exclusive. Now you're, you're spending more money on another company and now they're not really exclusive to you anymore. Now you're going to have to field questions about Bethesda again. You've got a, you got a lot of questions to answer now. I think if you're Phil Spencer, I think this is also to me a very PR focused move. I do think to your uh, point that you raised about Bungie, I think this is to some extent, um, a little bit of overcompensation because of the bungee stuff. I think that they got, I, I almost feel like they got a little worried that by keeping these games exclusive, um, while Sony just said that Bungie's games won't be, that they were going to look bad. And I don't really feel like that was happening, but I, I feel like they were a little concerned and maybe decided to do this as like, a, hey, we're good guys too, kind of a move, um, in my opinion. So, I do think that there's some PR ramifications to this. Um, ultimately, in the end, um, whether or not these games are on PlayStation, off PlayStation, on Switch, off Switch, um, I just care mostly about, like I said in the beginning, workplace culture and and fair treatment of employees and do right by some of these franchises that you have now. I think a big puzzle that Microsoft's going to have to solve is you've got a lot of dormant IP now um, that you need to figure out what you're going to do with, uh, with the resources that you have now. And historically, they've they've been a little hit and miss with that. Like when you think about Rare, for instance, buying them up and then doing almost nothing with some of the franchises that they got as part of that deal. Um, I, I'm a little concerned that they are going to run into those same challenges because they've taken on so many new IPs over the last few years with these acquisitions. So I really want to see them focus on that. And whether they're on PlayStation, Xbox, or wherever is cool with me. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll eat my crow. Uh, it, it's, uh, it's surprising to me, but I get it if this is what they think is best. So um, I'm cool with it. Yeah, I agree. All right. Um, so up next... Platinum Games is in the headlines, uh, actually twice. <laughs> so, uh, the, Two times. the first time, uh, it's because they have revealed their intentions to pivot to live service games in the future. That's great. Bruh. 
um, as well as also expressing their desire to revive Scalebound, the canceled action-adventure title that was set to be an Xbox One exclusive. Pablo, what the hell are they doing? What's going on? (laughs) I've never seen anybody selling themselves so hard. Uh, Look... Platinum Games is a meticulous game studio that takes very long time to make games. And once those games come out, usually to great fanfare and great critical reception, and then nothing. Because it, they are single-player games. So I understand their mindset behind, alright, if we're going to do these meticulous and very creative games, let's put something in it that's going to give it a little bit more life than three or four months. I get that. The thing is... I don't trust them to be able to do that because these these things just don't work like that. It, 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 uh, a life service game isn't a, a fix-all for, for everything. And that's what a lot of these companies seem to be doing where they think, oh, life service will make money, more money, more money, more money. But I, I this doesn't make any sense for me, like for from them. So I don't know if they are really serious about this and then kind of reaching out to, to Phil or kind of imploring Phil to be, hey, let's get Scalebound back on. Because Scalebound would probably work as a game that service in terms of how they uh, talked about it in the past and what it was going to be. But... I don't this not every studio has the ability to make a a, a game as service. And and how do we know that? PlayStation, Sony, one of the biggest companies in the world, bought Bungie just so they can be so they can help them do that. It's not an easy thing. It's not like you got great uh Bioware, one of the best game companies in the last 20, 30 years, couldn't do it. Yeah. You know, they, they couldn't do it. Anthem was terrible. Bethesda tried it a little bit with 76. And yeah, sure, it's 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 kind of like fixed itself a little bit, but it's not the hit that they wanted it to be. So it's just one of those things where it's all about the money and it's a huge industry, the fastest growing entertainment business uh, of all time. And people want to get their slice of the cake. Cool. But, you know, hi, we're consumers, man. We we, we like Platinum Games and ha- they had nothing to do with with a game service, a uh, game that service, like Bayonetta 4 is game of service? What are we talking about here? <laughs> You're gonna, because what it's going to end up going doing is getting away from all these great IPs that made you who you are to then create something that's so generic. Vanquish is back, woo, as a game of service. What are we, it just doesn't make a lot of sense for me. That's why I think they're trying to kind of like uh, expand their portfolio, even if it is just like, uh, words instead of actual product so they can sell off to, to xbox or something I've, i would say if i'm xbox I, i'd buy them they got some they got stuff going on and they don't have to come out every year with a new thing you're not gonna turn a hoe into a housewife though man and that's exactly <laughs> what platinum is to me they are Hoes don't act right. they are turning these tricks all right and uh i they have a history of that and so like why would microsoft get burned out of getting scale bound because they gave them money that they went and spent on purses and handbags just to just to go and do this and and, and get with that girl again and blow money on them again no nah, that's just, nah you're tricking so no i you can't you can't if you're microsoft you can't you can't go back to that and I, and i feel like i feel like their pitch is like you know, oh, you know, we, you know, we can, we can be agreeable. We'll do what you want. We'll make these kind of. You like the, you like this, right? Like wearing like a like a cute dress, being live live service games, and Microsoft's like, I don't want you. Um, 
I think I think this is a little bit of desperation. <laughs> I, I, know, I don't know what the hell I'm thinking. <laughs> I think this is desperation, though, uh, on the part of Platinum. I think they've been kind of in a weird no man's right. land You're for right. years. Um, you know, making a lot of r- weird random games. Um, you know, they'll they'll announce stuff like Bayonetta three, and then and then it, it goes away for years. But in the meantime, they're releasing Astral Chain and and all these other weird other collaborations and stuff. And then Bayonetta's back, and then everything is all well with the world again. Like, nah, not really. Like they've been kind of trash, of or or at the very least inconsistent is probably the better word. So they got to really figure out what they want to do because listen, if their whole thing is we want to focus less on single player experiences. Bruh, you can't even get those games done. How the hell are you going to build out a live service infrastructure in a fraction of the time and 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 they be good and profitable? Like it, they're just they're kind like of erratic been right now. In development forever. Yeah. Forever. And it's like, nah, you you have to figure out what's going on with you first. Like you have to show that you can actually make a good single player game again before you can go running out and claiming you can do a live service thing. I'm not seeing it. I, I I'm just not. So I um and I also don't understand the headlines of trying to, you know, uh, kind of whore themselves out with this whole scale bound thing that they know Microsoft's not gonna want to do. Uh it, it just seems very, very desperate to me it's it's not it's uh, you know i don't really think they think that microsoft can pick it up but i think it's one of those things that people always once in a while joke about and be like oh bring scalebound back and they're just trying to make headlines it's all they're trying to do here and so using those little keywords trying to get stuff trending on twitter whatever the case may be they're definitely they're definitely trying to to, to do something uh and it's not making games it's <laughs> they're trying to sell, they're trying to sell themselves that's for sure all right well, the last news item of our hit points segment is Ubisoft. They do good things, right? Uh, well, according to Jason Schreier, eh, not so much. Jason Schreier of Bloomberg has reported that Beyond Good and Evil 2 is currently still in pre-production with no change in sight for five years running. Also, Schreier reported that Assassin's Creed Valhalla's DLC has now been converted into a full sequel, which will be sold as a separate full-priced video game. Pablo, what do these news items tell us about the state of Ubisoft coming into this year? What's going on? Okay, so first and foremost, let's talk about uh, Beyond Good and Evil 2. Uh, that is the uh, pure definition of a shit sandwich. You know. <laughs> wait a second. They, wait, wait, wait a minute. <laughs> How? <laughs> so when they went out and, and, and they had that, that press conference, they shoveled all this shit in our mouths about that stance and this and that. And of course. What kind of bread? Beyond is it like evil? white or wheat? No, the bread is beyond good and evil too. That's what people want. Oh. But everything in between is the shit that they have, and that's that's kind of how they covered it. With Beyond Good and Evil 2, it's like, oh, this is the game that everybody apparently wanted, and it's going to be... I, I, we don't know what it's going to be, but here's this clip of this, obviously, a thing that's not the game, of people jumping... 
this is not real. But every once in a while, it'll come out on the news because it it's the only thing that they have left that people actually want from them. Nobody wants Far Cry. Nobody wants Assassin's Creed. Nobody wants any of those things. But they have this IP and Beyond Good and Evil that they actually just figured they don't have to make the goddamn game. All they have to do is talk about it. And people be like, okay, oh yeah, that's right. That's a good game. We want that. And that's exactly what they're doing here. They, every time it comes out, it's a new initiative, or it's we're still figuring it out. But everybody is is, and it's including myself. I think Beyond Good Evil was great. I think that the stuff that came after it, people really loving it. I don't know where that came from, but Beyond Good and Evil Two, I would love another Beyond Good and Evil Two. <laughs> I'm the sorry, sake I'm of, still of stuck C- on the sandwich. <laughs> That's what it is. They every every three. They everybody talk about. It. Okay, oh, it's probably gonna be the next Assassin's Creed. It sucks. Oh, another Far Cry. That's not gonna be good. But hey, Beyond Good and Evil too. And they and it, they'll watch the Ubisoft conference and they're numbing away on the on the shit sandwich. Oh, Beyond Good and Evil too. So good. Booty <laughs> juice sandwich on wheat bread. Okay. Now, can you this cut is off the surprise crust you. with Asiago <laughs> cheese? All right, go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> This is gonna surprise you. The Assassin's Creed news—it's kind of intriguing, and I'll tell you why. the The Bloomberg article says it's not going to be open world. It's going to refocus the franchise in uh, a sa- uh, on stealth and assassinations, and that it's going to be a full fledged game that uh, is going to really take advantage of the kind of the. Uh, just the stuff that they don't do no more in Assassin's Creed, which is assassinate. Uh, if they can really bring that together in terms of like, all right, this is a not an open world, but an open area and kind of go about those assassinations and stealth. That would be really cool because they are going to take Assassin's Creed into the game like, games as service route. But if they can have two two kind of separate things where they have like this Assassin's Creed game that's literally about uh, stealth and assassination... Uh, or something, and then have their big fucking uh, mess of a game with Assassin's Creed in the open world. That I, I'm down for that. They're willing to do a side thing where it refocuses on the things that we like about Assassin's Creed, and it takes all the elements that we hate, which is the open world fucking checklist-a-thon, you know, if they are able to separate those two and actually do it, that'd be great. Now, as an idea, that's great. As execution, do I trust there Ubisoft to be able to do that? Hell there no! There we go. They're not gonna do that. Do I trust? Do I do I want it to be good? Do I think it's a good idea? Yeah. Are they gonna? No. No. Absolutely not. I don't trust you. Ubisoft is gonna have to surprise me because if this comes out and it is what I think it could be, and because uh, the excitement of the possibilities, and they actually do that, that's amazing. But I don't trust Ubisoft to do that. Not at all. Not even a little bit. I don't. I don't like any of this to be honest with you. Um. I mean, beyond good and evil, to to me, I, what I don't understand is. Why not just cancel it? Honestly, like what 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 do you stand to gain now at this point? Who who are you really upsetting? They stand to lose the bread on the shit sandwich. Oh. That's what they stand to lose. Nasty. Uh, look, listen. It, I liked Beyond Good and Evil. I really did. I thought it was a great, great hidden gem of an experience. It was really cool. Um, uh-huh. I I don't think at this point it's gonna sting anyone to say, hey, you know what? We just don't have a really good direction for this game right now. We're going to go ahead and put a hold on this and, and and divert our resources elsewhere. And honestly, that would be fine to me. Even though I would love to see this game happen at, the, at some point someday, it's just not there. Um, so if I'm playing, you know, armchair, 
you know, uh, leader of Ubisoft, whatever his name is. Um, I'm just Is you good all? Oh yeah, yeah. I'm saying enough is enough. Um, we're 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 kind of over this now. Now, as far as Assassin's Creed goes, um, at this point, to me, the series has jumped a shark um, to a to a level where it's almost unrecognizable. And so, to me, if you're gonna take this kind of measure of okay, let's try to let's try to bring this back to some of the roots. I don't think you do that with a DLC turned. Um, full full game i think what you do is you afford this um classic assassin's creed concept in original game to kind of reinvent or reboot or reimagine the formula from 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 top to bottom you don't kind of i think you don't do it this I way think this could be a gateway to that and that's kind of like i think if they if it's successful enough to where like people like it i think that they could open up to okay doing two different things because if it's successful there's no way Ubisoft is not going to do it because well, they, they but here's the problem though uh, there are a lot of people I know that this game sold really well but I know there are a lot of people who are kind of done with Assassin's Creed and didn't play Valhalla so if you make I this I played it and I hated it so if you go and you make more of a traditional Assassin's Creed game but it's basically based off of this game that they didn't play it's going to be a hard entry point even though the gameplay is Maybe. more up their alley, they don't know what the hell is going on anymore with the story. And from what I heard about Valhalla, the plot twists in that game are the wackiest I've ever seen in my life. Um, so how do you how do you entice those people who have been kind of cold on the series for well, so long? Here's the here's the thing: those DLC kind of story expansions are also so extremely and incredibly like from left field that they could. They could probably become their own thing and be so far away from Valhalla because of how incredibly like left field a lot of these things are. So that's kind of where I'm at. And and then you think about games that became games that were DLC. Like there's a lot of good examples, but a lot of those examples, to your point, are built off of good games. And I don't think Valhalla is a good game. So I, I that does worry me. Like what are they gonna do here? Um, I, I don't know, but I, I do hope that for me it's successful enough to where it's a gateway into more simplified Assassin's Creed games mm. because I miss I miss those so much. Uh, Origins was the last one that I played that was new enough to where it's like okay I like this take I think more RPG kind of Witcher three esque and I loved Origins and then ever since that it, I I've, I can't put more than five hours into the game because I've already been so overwhelmed with like so much bullshit Ugh. that it's just. Just a mess. Yeah. Just a mess. Just yeah. just a just a Ubisoft game, isn't it? Uh, but they're yeah, in such a they're in such a. The only thing that they have going for them that's really awesome uh, is uh, Myth, Mythic Quest, which is their uh, TV show that they produce that is an app that's on Apple, which is awesome by the way. Everybody should watch that show. It's about game development and it's really good. But it's the only thing that I, that when I see Ubisoft's name next to, it, I'm like, oh, <laughs> if it's a game, I'm like, no, yeah, no. Ah, uh, Ubisoft. Get it together, y'all. Um, anyways, Pablo, that's going to wrap it up for our hit points. It's time to get to that main event, and the main event is the Checkpoint Chat. It's time for the Checkpoint Chat. All right, Nintendo Direct. We've had some time to think about it a little bit. Um, we're going to go over our um, most notable games that were shown 
uh, either for good or for bad. Uh, but we'll talk about some of the things we saw at the at the show, or not, not the show, the uh, the digital event. Uh, and we're going to go ahead and give our letter grade at the end of uh, the segment and tell you kind of where we think this one uh, stacks up with some of the other directs we've seen uh, in recent times. So um, this was a good one, um, in my opinion, overall, but we'll kind of get into, you know, this kind of item by item here. Um, but but I want to start by saying that, you know, kind of leading into this direct, I think, you know, when you think about Pokemon Legends, um, you know, kind of setting the world on fire with sales and, 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 and a positive critical reception. And then a couple months prior, Metroid Dread comes out to really good reviews and is generally well received by the community. Um, it's safe to say that I think Nintendo kind of momentum wise came into this event with a bit of a stride. Um, and then you factor in all the acquisition stuff going on with Microsoft and Sony. And here comes innocent little Nintendo coming in here and just quietly crushing sales records and, and just embarrassing everybody else that's competing with them. And, um, you know, then we get a random uh, announcement for a direct and it's like, Oh, they are ready to slap dicks on tables right now. That's what they're here to do. Uh, <laughs> So uh, let's see if they were able. To, let's see if they did just that. Um, we got to start with a bit of a bummer, though. At least to me, um, me and Pablo. Well, well, before you get before you get well, into it, real quick. Okay, okay. One of the things, because uh, if you guys follow me on Twitter or follow our page on on Twitter, you'll see that, or even on Instagram, that we had some uh, predictions, and my predictions were based on the fact that Nintendo has the Indie Showcase, they have the third-party partner uh, directs, and that last year they only had two directs, big directs. So I'm thinking each of the directs, those massive directs are going to be first half, second half stuff, which that's what it is. Um, but I you know, <laughs> I, I, I swung for the fences in a lot of these Yo, stuff because... You wanted everything possible. But, but the, reason, the reason being is because I'm thinking they got to get out of the way of Breath of the Wild too. But that's kind of where I'm at. Where a lot of these things like... Fire Emblem and Xenoblades, when I thought they were going to get announced, uh, I thought you know th- those were going to come out, you know, throughout the summer, whatever the case may be. And now I get, and I'll let you get into it now. Why I get why the Fire Emblem stuff was out there everywhere. I was like, man, two RPGs, JRPGs are going to come out in the first half. But now we get it. But go ahead and, and well, speaking talk of Fire about- Emblem, this 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 first announcement was anything but fire to me, and that was Fire Emblem Warriors. Three Hopes, which is from the same universe as Fire Emblem Three Houses, but it is a Musou type of game, uh, which is insanely disappointing. Uh, I'm not sure what Nintendo's affinity is for these games, but my God, they did it again. They, they did it with Zelda. They did. It, I think they did. It, they did one of these before with Fire Emblem, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, this is this is, this yeah, is this the second, second one. Yeah. And it, or it's like, why though? Why? They they sell well and and people really really uh like like them. The, the, the Jap- Japanese in the Japanese culture these games are huge. I mean, uh these games that uh, we just had Dynasty Warriors 9 come out and it, it was like a massive hit in Japan. It's just the, there's their kind of games and specifically with Fire Emblem uh it, I guess it works. Fire Emblem, I think it really works really well with, with it. It fits in with the I, I'm just not a fan of the warfare. Yeah, I'm just not a fan of of, of, of the Musou kind of game. So, Man. yeah, it's disappointing because what we thought was the next iteration of of you know the new of the one. next yeah. uh, Fire Emblem, the new Fire Emblem, new Fire Emblem strategy RPG, which it wasn't that. Not to say that they don't have that in the works, but. Man, 
this was kind of I was kind of like deflated a little bit when yeah, I saw Yeah, and they Warriors. kicked it off with this like, too. Ah. Like like they thought they had one, and 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 I just saw I saw the art style. I knew it was Fire Emblem right away. I'm like, oh yes. Yeah. And then I saw some characters I recognized, and I said, oh, oh no. no. <laughs> so but yeah, but the, but even then, I have to say it looked though. It it looked probably yeah. like the best kind of Warriors games that it I've looked seen. Like because, a I mean, Switch Muso game that is all of twenty one frames per second it, at <laughs> I mean, its yeah. worst. But I I do think I do think like when you look at Persona Five Strikers and and kind of how that works, I, I do think that these games are are better are being better better fitted to to the franchise that they're part of. Like it's not just uh, Dynasty Warriors reskinned. Now it's a little bit more like okay, this is it looks more aesthetically looks more like the game is trying to be. It's just I I'm not a fan of this. And you and I are fans of games, so we can sit here and be like, I don't know why this, but if you look on Twitter, if you look everywhere else, people are excited about this. They really like these kind of stuff. But it's just yeah, not especially because it's 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 not the Fire Emblem RPG that I want. I have no hopes for this game. Not three hopes. <laughs> yeah, I'm not. I'm not playing this at all. I, if all you guys know, I play all, every game. I, nah. I'm a huge Zelda fan. I didn't even play the 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 Zelda uh, Age of Calamity. I didn't even play that. I mean, I, this is the one game that is is an amazing accomplishment because Pablo doesn't buy it. <laughs> it's it's incredible. <laughs> All right, let's move on. We have up next. Uh, oh, by the way, that comes out June twenty fourth of uh, of this year. So if you happen to have terrible taste in games and you want to get it, pre order it. Now. <laughs> uh, up next, Advanced Wars one and two reboot camp is uh, you know shown again. Uh, this time they uh, I don't know if they even said this last time around, but they they did say this time around that it is fully voiced at least. Uh, or yeah, I don't know the if they said they fully said that, voiced, yeah. but I think they said the bosses are. Well, they said. Um I think it was fully voiced uh, I could interaction. Be wrong. So I could be wrong. Well, yeah. there are some voices in the game. Um, now, not exactly like amazing voice acting or anything. They did sound kind of hokey, uh, but that is kind of the vibe of this game anyway. So I wasn't expecting anything like Last of Us, like you know what I mean. But uh, comes out April eighth. Um, I don't have much new to say about this one. It looks good to me. Um, it looks like it's a good time. I think it'll definitely satisfy um, the fans of the original games that came out. Um, just not not a franchise that I ever really got to. But I am curious about it, though. Um, if if um, I don't know what it is about games like this. I, I, I know they're probably not for me, but I want to believe they can be. So I might still try this out at some point down the road, but it's not going to be a day one cop for me. For sure. The only game that I've ever played that has gotten me into this genre in a huge way where I thought, I guess I like these games now, is Into the Breach. And that game still is is great. I still have it on my Switch. Same. Uh, but uh, love it. However, I everything about this game, I'm sure people who love it is good, but everything about this game, I'm not. I'm not about it at all. Not into it at all. So if you guys are expecting us to talk about this game down the road, you're probably going to be a little disappointed. Um, just not, not into it. Just not into yeah. it. Yeah, I mean, but again, we'll see how it reviews I, I and what people say. Yeah. I, I might turn. I might turn for, around for on Marco it, to try. It. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't think this is a bad thing at all. You know, so I want to get that out of the way. I think that it's really cool that this exists, uh, and you know, we'll see exactly uh, how it pans out. But I, I hope that it works out for the for the fans for the sake of the fans of, the, of this franchise for sure. Up next, Mario Strikers Battle League gets announced out of nowhere. Supr- out of nowhere. Out the blue. Looks great. Release date June Amazing. 10th, coming relatively soon. 
All right. Can't wait. Got some soccer action going on. Myron Strikers is uh, is one of those sports titles people really, really love. How you feeling about yeah. this one, man? Oh, man, that's super excited. I mean, I, I, this wasn't even in my purview. Like, it's not a game that I even thought about. Uh, it, it's it's it looks amazing. It looks great. I I love these Mario sports games for uh just just the way that they implement the actual sport of it and, and the Mario ness for lack of a better term into that. They they do a really good job and everything about this looked awesome. Um, I I honestly cannot wait for for this. I'm a little worried. Why? I'm a little worried. Listen, man. I would be. Head over heels happy about this all the way. If it wasn't for the fact that Mario Tennis and Mario Golf were kind of mid. So I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit worried because by all accounts, this looks like another one of those can't miss Mario sports games. But the other two times we've gotten sports games on Switch from the Mario something or other franchises, they've just been kind of mediocre. So I'm really, really hoping that there's that this is going to be different. You know, um, it, it's it's going to be ab- above just an, an all right kind of cool game people come and play once in a while, but something that's actually remembered for game of the year conversations and and you know. Um, in the running for best sports game and all kinds of stuff like that, because really they didn't have it with Mario tennis and Mario golf, man. They just didn't have it. I don't agree with that completely. I I think Mario tennis was, was good. I think Mario golf was good. It's just what happened with those games is that people were expecting, uh, they're expecting the next evolution of those franchises, and that's not exactly what they got. They got a little bit more of the same. I I think if this if this game is just as good as the GameCube Strikers game, it's gonna be fine. I, I because that, that game was a blast. Uh, so I I'm not that worried about it. But I, I see your point. I see what you're saying because it, it looks like they're, they're coming out of nowhere. How how like how much time they put into this? But I think it looks good. I, I oh, think, I think it looks it, great. It's a good time. Yeah. I just I, I just hope that. You know, again, everything looks great. It's just that is it going to be one of those forgettable sports titles that seem to seem to be plaguing this this um, you know Mario sports franchise? I hope not. I really want this one to hit because I would love for this to be uh, a, a fun little like arcadey return to soccer games because I like soccer games um, low key. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Uh, hopefully it'll turn out all right. But it's coming out June 10th, uh, which is really really exciting. Uh, one game we did not get a release date for as of yet, but is still looking incredible, at least to me, is Splatoon 3. They showed off uh, objective-based co-op horde mode called Salmon Run Next Wave, um, which looks really, really interesting. It's chock full of style uh, in, in typical Splatoon fashion. Um, I was really into this. I thought this was kind of cool looking. Yeah, um, was I wasn't really caring all that much about co-op before this was shown but now i'm kind of like all right i I could actually see myself wanting to do that a couple times and try it out so uh what were your thoughts on this yeah it looked cool i mean i i think that those um i think the reason why i'll play splatoon 3 isn't it's not going to be salmon run but it's a cool thing to have on there it's 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 i like how they're kind of showcasing a little bit of different parts of the game uh it's coming out this summer uh, so it's, it's still re- relatively uh, soon, um, and I'm excited for it. I again, I think that this is going to be one of those um, was one of those games that we're going to play a lot of. Uh, 
and I'm excited for it. Uh, but this is a cool little thing. I, I thought uh, when they, I thought it was like a tower defense game at first when they put that thing in the middle. I'm yeah. like, Oh no! But you know, I, I like all that stuff. Where she like climbed up the the inkling, climbed up the thing after she painted it and was on top of shooting. A lot of little stuff you can do like that. And it's it wave one. And it looked crazy. Yeah. I was like, it's wave one. Yeah, it looks like a lot of the fun. creativity like is really, really there, which I'm I'm super excited about. Um, so yeah, I'm 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 just as hyped as ever about Splatoon three, and now I have another reason to be, uh, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, out of left field, um, the rumors were true. We are getting a Chrono Cross remaster, which is called Chrono Cross Radical Dreamers Edition. Uh, it's coming out April seventh. A little bit of a weird one for me. Uh, because of yeah. not getting Chrono Trigger um, as part of this. I would have loved to see that just to kind of get people a more complete Chrono experience, but it does look pretty good. Um, I remember the PS1 game was kind of mixed reviews, and, and I, I remember playing it, and I wasn't too uh, fond of it, honestly. Um, I think the biggest problem it has is with its story, um, I don't know if they're going to really do anything to clean that up, but it was like it was trying to cast a wide net and, and try to tackle different themes, and it really never stuck the landing on any of those. Um, but the game was kind of cool, I guess. But uh, nevertheless, it's cool to see that it's coming out. Um, it looks it looks like a typical Square JRPG remaster. It reminds me of the Final Fantasies they did in the same way. Um, I don't know if I'm hyped about it, but I am glad to see Chrono Cross get some shine. That's kind of cool. But uh, what are your thoughts? I ain't got time for this. Uh, I'm just not a fan of. I'm just not a fan of. of, of uh, let's let me rephrase that. I just never played. I played never played Chrono Cross or even Chrono Trigger. Uh, so uh, it's not anything to have any affinity for. Uh, but I mean, people really hype about this. Really excited about it. I'm I'm always glad when people who are who who love things get what they love. And, and I'm all about exposure. Really cool. Like you know, put it out yeah. there for people who want to you know experience it for the first time. For people like me, I've I've kind of been there and done that. I'm cool, but new generation gets the, the taste of that. Uh, I'm yeah. cool with that. So all yeah. good to me. And and if it turns out to be like this incredible must play kind of thing, then yeah, yeah. it's there for me to play. Now yeah. I want to know what they're gonna charge for this thing. That's what I'm worried about. I don't know. I, what I don't you know mean fifty nine ninety nine hundred million dollars. <laughs> <laughs> no one square yeah probably uh with some nfts in that thing um oh my god all right let's move on uh we have up next kirby <laughs> that's such kirby in the forgotten land bruh <laughs> nintendo nintendo's a funny company man they just un- they're just unintentionally funny they got that mouthful mode man <laughs> I told Marco they need to have the English translator in the meetings right there, so they can be like, "Guys, you can't say that in, in you yeah. know, <laughs> can't do that." Yo, it made everything I saw after that was was said a giant pause. You know? <laughs> <laughs> oh my! No, all seriousness though. Um, what are your thoughts on this? I, I'm not a big Kirby fan. I, I can't say that I played a lot of them. Um, so I kind of want to kick it to you first on this and tell me what you're thinking here. Yeah. I'm really excited about this. Game. Really? Like the more, the more I see of it, the more I'm kind of like, I'm really into it. I, it, the mouthful mode is a stupid name, but it's such a cool little concept. Like, you know, Kirby eats a whole car, uh, and you could drive around the map, but little things like that are really cool that you can use it for combat. There's actually a town building mechanic to it that they also showed. Uh, and then there's like a class system that you can actually, uh, 
you know, you can actually upgrade certain things to have Kirby play a certain kind of way. I, I think that um, if this game is like a fraction or like a, a good portion of what Odyssey was for Mario, I, I think this is going to be a really interesting uh, game. It looks really fun. It looks really fun to play. I'm actually really looking forward to it. It looks like it's trying to be a lot of things. Yeah. Um, that that trailer was was a little a little on the erratic side to me. Um, I, I feel I, I, it's probably just a bad a badly spliced trailer. I'm sure the actual well, game is not as like you could do this and that and this and that. Well, you know what I mean. Kirby games throughout history are all that are different kinds of things. Like you have like a kind of like a brawler, you have like a co-op experience. You have a whole bunch of different little things, a platformer that this, this, this specific character has embodied different kinds of, of game genres throughout its entire thing. So this game does look like that. It does look like an amalgamation of all these things in a 3d environment. And we can do all these things. Uh, But I wonder if, if it's more of options or more of, of like this world is that you do this thing or, you know what I mean? I, I hope it's more like play yeah. like you like and any way you like with any of these features. I hope it's more like that. I than guess I guess having what I'm, the the world where you have to have a mouthful. Yeah. Well, I mean, what I'm saying is, <laughs> I I'm I'm looking at it for more of like a pacing thing. Like you know, when you like, what's the ten minute window of this game like? Is it is yeah. it as erratic and everything is that trailer indicated, or is it more no, spaced out a little bit more yeah. relaxed? Is it more chill? Is it more like, what is the pace and flow of this video game? I think is what I want to see. So, I think it looks like an area where you can... All those things that you can do, you can do them in this area to, to reach the final goal. Mm. Like, you can play any way you want to reach that final destination, that final goal. And using any of the things that you've learned or any of the class types that you might have kind of mastered, I think that's what they're trying to do here. But we'll see. I mean, I, I still have a lot of questions as to ultimately what it is. Um, is it... Like a like a three D Mario type of game is it its own thing? I I I still kind of want to see exactly what reviews have to say about it, but I am excited for the possibilities of the game. The only thing I'll say, uh, and, and you know, I, I think the town building is is cool. The class system, uh, you know, class stuff is is pretty interesting. I, you know, all jokes aside, the mouthful mode could be kind of cool. <laughs> God, I hate saying that. I think you know what, as petty as it sounds, maybe it's not petty. I don't like the art style. I don't like it at all. I think it looks a little on the like B tier budget side to me. It doesn't have the same. Yeah. It doesn't have the same. Uh, what am I? What am I trying to say? Style or or the same level of polish that I would see from a Mario game. And it just feels like yeah, that's been well, Kirby in general. Like it always seems like that B tier yeah. game, and it always looks it to me artistically. Yeah, and I think this one does have a lot of that because of how big the game seems to be. And so a lot of those other games are really small experiences. You know, uh, you know, uh, left to right type experiences, two yeah. D platforming type of thing. This is kind of a big open thing, and so it looks definitely a little bit more budget. It, you cannot see Odyssey and this game side by side and be like, same. No, <laughs> yeah. it's not. It's not even close. Well, nevertheless, uh, players will be able to get a mouthful of Kirby on oh! Mar- March <laughs> March 25th. Happy Valentine's Day. whole lot of Kirby. Just a whole lot of pink. Um, oh, come on. <laughs> <laughs> this is a nasty episode. Happy Valentine's Day, everybody. Uh, up next, we have... Portal Companion Collection coming out this year. Um, 
you're a big portal guy, so I'm gonna kick it over to you yeah, first. Portal two specifically. What, what's what's going in? What's going on with this one? Is it a, is it a buy for you? How you feeling? No, I mean, not. I mean, no. I've, I've. It depends. I guess if it any kind of like new. I know there's the that you could play on on screen, but you could do that in the other games. No, I mean it's just cool that it's on Switch. Um, and I'll play it again, not on Switch on Xbox or something. But yeah, I love Portal Two. Portal Two is one of my favorite games, um, of all time. Um, it's up there for sure. And now that the Switch has it, many many years later, it's cool. It's cool to have games on there. Maybe I'll maybe I'll uh, I'll pick it up if if you know on the Joy Cons or something and play that on the go. That seems like a really cool thing to do too. But yeah, it's a weird one for me, and it makes me want to ask the forbidden question of: Can this be a gateway for a new portal someday? Is this a? Uh, it's we. It's a weird it's super. It's a weirdly timed game yeah, coming out at almost a weird out of left time. field it seems yeah is there something more here that we don't know yeah i don't i don't know how these things these things come about like i don't know if somebody if nintendo reached out to them or they reached out to nintendo hey we want to put these games on there uh you know i it, it seems like a weird thing so there has to be something happening here in the in in, in the background where you know they're trying to get this game out there, and Nintendo is is, is on a big uptick. Nintendo is one of the best-selling uh, consoles of all time right now with the Switch. Like, there's a lot of stuff going for Nintendo, and to kind of have um, to have Valve in that conversation now with Nintendo would seem like something is up. Like, you know, they're trying to get that out there. That so yeah, that, that's a good observation. I, I think that might be the case. Portal Three in VR. I'm calling it right now. Oh, that would suck. I just like not that it would suck, just that that would suck because I wouldn't be able to play it. Just like you know, Half Life uh, Alex yep. and 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 this that would that would be great for the medium, I guess. But man, I I still want to play Half Life Alex so bad, and then not being able to play Portal Three that would be yeah. a blow. But hey, that could be it. I that think could there's be something it. to you, this. But we'll what see. What did you say about you said the one thing about having Portal on that was really cool was the the, the gyro motion. The oh gyro, yeah, yeah. Uh, the, the the gyro on um you know the Joy-Con. I think it's gonna be kind of cool. Um you know yeah, if if the I camera so movement's too. easy enough um you know and and they can figure out a way to make that work, you can feel a little bit more of an immersive experience. I don't normally like gyro controls. I just never my my brain doesn't know how to how to compute that while I'm playing a game. Yeah. But um. That'd be kind of a cool fit. So I, I don't think they said anything about that, but I would imagine it's got to yeah. be a, a thing. Especially if it's coming on the Switch. I mean, yeah. You got to put something, a flavor to it. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So, but we'll see. Um, but yeah, definitely cool to see Portal back in any capacity. So uh, welcome back. Um, mm-hmm. Here's an interesting one a game called Live Alive was shown, a game that was uh, apparently only in Japan uh, all the way up until I- now. Since 1994. 94. It's coming out now on July 22nd. This looked fire to me. This was really, really cool. It looks so interesting. It's... It's the right kind of 2D pixel art. Like you can tell this was this is a classic game and it's not a game trying to look classic. You know what I mean? Like a lot of these indie games do nowadays. I thought the art style was fire. The gameplay looked really cool. The art the the, the design of the characters was was top notch. I don't know what the hell this game is, but 
I am going to have my eyes on this one for sure. Um, this one just, it, I couldn't take my eyes off the trailer when I was watching it. And that doesn't happen very often for a Nintendo Direct. So this one caught me off guard. The name is corny. Uh, the name is really corny. But everything else about this looked cool. What were your thoughts? Yeah, I, I thought it was really cool. Uh, I, I looked it up a little bit. And ever back since 2016, it had come out. It came out again on the um, on the. 3ds but exclusive to japan and so with people with 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 importing and all that there was a big uproar in 2015 2016 of people wanting it to come over and that they were supposedly in the plans many years later it's finally here uh, do you know if is there any kind of graphical upgrades to this because if this game came out in 1994 looking like this i, I how did i how not did this game know- never <laughs> Yeah, how? I actually have no idea. I I, I should have looked into that before we recorded, but I don't know. Um, like how 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 does this game have ever existed? And maybe maybe people listening to it are like I knew about this game, and I and, and I'm seeing people out there who they they knew about this game, but the way this game looks is 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 incredible, and it came out in 1994. Like what are we what are we doing here? I uh, yeah I, I'm I'm looking at images of it now, but. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure they cleaned up some some elements of the game, but a lot of it, yeah, yeah maybe they did touch up some things from what I'm seeing here. Um, okay, but still, it, that that was that might have been one of my favorite things of 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 the direct uh, personally. So I'm gonna keep an eye on that one. Honestly, I think that could be a sleeper uh, for yeah, this uh, for this event. So I'm definitely gonna watch that same. one. Comes out in July. Uh, which is a good time, unless I'm f- forgetting any games that come out that month. Um, that might be a good time to actually play it. So, in uh, in 2011, GamePro included it on the list of 14 best JRPGs that were not released in English. Mm. GamePro mag, yeah. shout out to GamePro, man. That was a man. That's childhood right there. Um, all yeah. right, let's keep it moving here. So, one th- okay, one thing about the game, it never made it to the states because it sold uh, poorly. 270 thousand copies uh, total. Uh, because it got overshadowed uh, by Final Fantasy VI, and then oh Final well, Fantasy, yeah, you know, that makes sense. That, so yeah, that makes yeah. sense. All right, we're almost there. Let's go ahead and keep pushing through this. Uh, Nintendo Switch Sports gets announced. The future <laughs> billion-selling units uh, this game is going to enjoy. How did uh, they? How did they have not? How can they oh, have not done this before? When, when they showed, so there was ru- there was a rumor that uh, a one two switch was going to get a type of sequel, and that's what this was. And my the the fact that they even made one two switch and just didn't do this, I already told my wife that we're this is a purchase and this is how we're uh, going to exercise from now on to the rest of our lives. <laughs> oh my god! When I saw this man, I was like, "Oh, they're gonna kill it! They're gonna kill it!" And golf in the summer? Oh, oh my god. god, dude! If they bundle this. With the Switch OLED or something like that. Oh my God. They're going to make so much money off of this. It's going to be crazy. Uh, tennis, bowling, soccer with a leg strap. Uh. Dude, for, for uh, yeah, for like the, the I call it, they called it strikeout or something, or, or I forgot the mode that they call it for. Uh, oh, yeah. Gosh. I'm excited. I'm excited about the tennis. I'm excited about golf. The, uh, the golf. And the volleyball looks really good. Yeah. My, my wife loves volleyball, so. Oh, man. this look, You know what was interesting, though? And this could be just like a suspicion. Usually those characters are based off of your Miis, but they look different. So I'm wondering yeah, they look- 
Are they mm. gonna do some updated Mies? Because it's it's kind of time. Those look a little trash. So yeah, I wonder if before that game comes out, they're gonna revitalize their Mii, um designs and and make them look more like those characters do. Because those look way yeah. more like yeah. realistic. Uh, kind of look like a little like Animal Crossing ish in, in a weird way. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. So we'll see. But yeah, that's that's gonna sell. Oh man, infinitely it's fantastic. Well. Um, up next, Triangle Strategy. New demo coming out for the first three chapters uh, that came out, um, I think it was the same day uh, of the event. So uh, I didn't get a chance to, to download that yet, but I, I'll probably try it. And the saves, I'll try, saves carry over. That's awesome. I don't know what it is, dude. Something about this game is just not interesting to me. So I'm hoping when I try it out, I'm going to catch whatever this game's trying to do and like it because I just never... Honestly, it doesn't look interesting. only thing that... The only thing that's the reason that I'm not into it is because of how hype I was for Octopath Traveler and how disappointed I was uh, by that game. I thought and you liked so that this one. Is, yeah, but it, I I I didn't love it the way I thought I was oh, going to okay. love it. Like I, I thought it was going to be like the best, the next best JRPG that of all time. It looked, it looks, it still oh, looks the art great. Style and this beautiful. has that same art style. Mm. Uh, so I, it's just like I don't want to give my hopes up too much on the same people who made Octopath, which is good, but it isn't like. It doesn't. It doesn't rival Final Fantasy or any of nah. the, any of the other kind of like pixelated, uh, well known and renowned JRPG. So, it's 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 forgettable experience uh, in my opinion, and I hope that Triangle Strategy isn't that. I hope it's it, it's not that. It, it looks great, so I'm definitely gonna try it out. First three chapters, uh, and if I like it, I have them there. It's 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 pretty. Do- it's a pretty yeah. dope thing that they're doing. I liked I liked that they are really trying to get this going, and they've done this. I think they might have done that with Octopath as well, where yeah. they know it's it might be like there's might be a small barrier to entry there because of it, it's they're it's not Final Fantasy, and it's not uh, um, one of those famous JRPGs like that. So they really want people to play it and kind of get in, in, enthralled with it. So I, I'm looking forward to, to to trying it out at least. All right, moving on. We got Metroid Dread uh, updates uh, to that. They they have uh, a new mode for psychopaths called Dread Mode, which is a one hit kill thing. Which I'm sure there's there's oh man the uh, the community is gonna go crazy over that part. There's also a rookie mode for the Pablos of the world who should definitely go yeah. back and play yeah. good video games. Yes. Uh, but won't because they just have no desire to do so. Uh, I don't have much to say about this. All jokes aside, I think it's cool that they're still, you know, kind of adding some more little bells and whistles to this game. But um, yeah, still a great game, still worth your time if you want to play it. Uh, Pablo, where are you at? Yeah, with this? yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. I, I, you know, with the recent sales numbers, the Metroid ceiling is a real thing. Um, but I, I am glad. That they're, they're it's not set it and forget it like they're, they're not done with this and I and I'm really looking forward to to Metroid Dread the rookie mode in terms of like I'll try it out to see if it really is that much easier um, and then uh, looking forward to what they do with Metroid in the future I mean I'm glad that Dread, uh, Metroid isn't disappearing yeah uh, which is something that happens all the time exactly all right. Up next, Earthbound and Earthbound Beginnings gets a comeback and coming to Nintendo Switch Online. Um, later, they uh, had a very, very nice and little touching video from the creator of this yeah. game, um, who had kind of been teasing it from what I understand, uh, and told people to tune in. Um, and yeah. uh, a little, sweet little message to fans uh, and, and how he was really excited to, to bring this to, to a new generation. Um, it's not quite mother like everybody always wants, but uh, it is it is still cool to see this very weird game uh, get a chance to come back into the spotlight for a little while. Uh, so, what are your thoughts? Yeah, cool. I'm 
I'm gonna try it out. Um, uh, I'm gonna try out. Uh, I'm gonna play. It. I, I, I'll see. Yeah, I remember playing as a kid and not understanding what <laughs> it the was a fuck weird I was game, doing. Or, I was like, "What is happening here?" That it, I remember actually. To be quite honest, I remember being scared of the game because this music was like constant, and I was like, "I, I don't know what to do." I, it was, I'll say this: if you like Undertale and games like that that go a little yeah. weird, you might want to actually circle over to this one and give it a try. If you haven't, you might like y'all might like it if you if you if you're into that yeah. kind of thing. So. There's a lot of grinding in that game as well, but you could do the the auto battle system is, yeah. is, is a thing that you can actually engage in as well. Um, it, it's it's a cool little it's a cool little thing, and I'm and, it, and people have been wanting this for a long time. I'm not familiar with uh, Earthbound Beginnings. What is that? I actually don't know either. I've only played regular Earthbound, so I don't even know what that is. Yeah. But yeah, cool to see it. I mean, I just don't know. What Sorry, the hell we don't is. know, guys. But yeah, no, we're not yeah. experts on that stuff, uh, unfortunately. Uh, but yeah. yeah, yeah, cool to see it. Uh, good pick for uh, Switch Online. I'm still not gonna pay for that um, until Splatoon I mean, could, to play I, I multiplayer. Think, <laughs> I think you could. Well, I play for Switch Online, but not the N64. Yeah, stuff, yeah. This is this isn't for that. You could, I, I'm, yeah, it's separate from. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, but I, I literally canceled my whole online oh, thing okay, until okay, Splatoon okay. comes out. I, I do because because uh, uh, Smash. So oh, so that's I, true. That's true. Yeah. All right. We got the flex of the event, in my opinion. Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. They said, oh, you want a new Mario Kart? We don't need to do that. We already got your money. We got your. We got the user base. How would you like 48 new courses instead? Amazing. For $25. <laughs> yes. Or your subscription to whatever is the case. Yeah, complete, complete yes. Um, I think this was smart. Um, there's no reason to go rush out and Makes start working way on. Way more sense. Yeah, there's no reason to go make Mario Kart Nine when you already have all these people who own eight and will spend that that extra money to get these extra courses. Um, this is a this was a great move in my opinion. I know it's going to upset a lot of people who want a full fledged sequel, but it's. It, but Mario Kart Eight is so good. Exactly. What What do you what, need? What is it that to, you want? Exactly. Like, what are you trying to build on here that isn't happening in this game? Like, yeah, sure, the pinnacle, but uh, what's better than the pinnacle? There's nothing better than the pinnacle. <laughs> the best Mario Kart game of all time is sitting there on your Switch, and they're about to get 48 new courses throughout a year and a half. That's all you need. I mean, if think about it. If you got a brand new Mario Kart, it had to be good, as good as this, and it was going to have about that, if not half of those courses uh, of new courses to play through. So, and it has a lot of the Mario Kart Tour, which nobody really played Mario Kart too much on on on. Right. I'm yep. Assuming on uh, phones, Phone. so yep. a lot of uh, it, it. It's it's a great thing. This is, makes so much sense that when they did it, I was like, I can't believe that we didn't predict this, you know, uh, because it, it just makes so much sense. And every time that there was a there was a um, there was a uh, direct. I always kind of look for oh, they're gonna talk about something else because they that they haven't really been they haven't released any dlc for mario kart 8 deluxe since oh yeah they have. if i'm not mistaken i think they, they have, have yeah not, but, but not like in the last two years nothing not substantial if i don't remember correctly but yeah i, I yeah. could be wrong it's i know some character stuff and some skins but like maybe nothing yeah. like substantial like this yeah <laughs> this is really smart I, I i am i have not fired up uh mario kart 8 in a very long time i still come back to it on a regular basis actually i never really tell you that yeah. but i i play it kind of semi-routinely actually yeah, I when it, when it was out and and before Smash came out even, uh, that's kind of the game like winding down. Exactly. Play a couple of courses. Yeah, but now you know. But I, I think I'm gonna have to re-download it because it 
that that game is so good. It's so constantly yeah. good. I'm looking forward to it. And last up, man, Xenoblade Three out September 2022. Oh my God, this game looks good. I'm a Xenoblade guy. Um, I know Pablo yeah. was like, you know, you you like Xenoblade. You're not maybe as, as yeah. a big hardcore fan of it or anything. Right, I think right. this looks incredible. Um, I the rumors that this was going to be a continuation of Xenoblade Chronicles Two doesn't seem to be true. This looks like an original story from what I heard, which is a huge relief. Um, the world looks amazing. The uh, the enemies, the character designs are just incredible. Um, a lot of flute playing in this. A lot of flutes. That's okay. A lot of flutes. I'm okay with that. This is the year of the flutes. I saw the girl playing in the beginning, and then by the time that trailer was coming, there was two of them. Oh. I'm like, all right, two fluties. A lot of do 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 You know what I'm saying? I, I, I'm i cool with it. Uh, that's how flutes sound, by the way, guys. Um, yeah, I'm all in on this. I, I actually let out a little bit of a, of a holler. Um, I, I, I disturbed the peace in my neighborhood. My, my uh, neighbors moved out. Uh, it was a whole thing. So, yeah, I'm excited about this. It's, it looks good. It says here... Uh, it will be set in a new world with connections to both the first and second games. That's okay. Which could mean anything. I, but I'm it has connections. new characters, locales, uh, and then without teasing lots of story threads, sharing too many exact details on his plot. Oh, that they're not uh, sharing a lot of details on plot or mechanics just yet. I don't need to see That's anything great. else. I'm That's in right. all the way. So, yeah, I'm hyped about this I, one. There's something to be said about... about when you look at a PlayStation or Xbox uh, showcase... A lot of the games that we're, we're expecting are games that are, that, for example, Horizon Forbidden West, before that got announced, we knew that was coming. Thor Ragnarok, a sequel, we knew that was coming. But there's something we said about Nintendo Switch uh, and the Switch in general talking about a game and it's coming out the same year. They did it last year with Metroid Prime, uh, with Metroid uh, Dread, uh, you know, Bethesda does that, but Nintendo constantly does that. They, Mario Strikers, nobody expected Mario Strikers. Yes, there was a rumor of, um, of, of Xenoblade Chronicles 3 being in the works, but nobody thought it was going to come out in 2022, and there's the same rumors with uh, Fire Emblem, which I'm sure they're working on uh, on a, a sequel, and that's probably going to be uh, revealed, and then months later it'll come out. That's that's the way you do it, man. Instead of like revealing Thor Ragnarok, and then two years later we're still here waiting for for that or for Final what? Fantasy. Got, uh, mean God Thor, of War. Um, I said Thor Ragnarok. <laughs> God of War Ragnarok. Okay. <laughs> um, but same thing with with, uh, with Final Fantasy Five. You know, uh, Final Fantasy. My God, Final Fantasy Seven remake. Uh, we're still waiting on the yeah. sequel to that, and that's not going to come out until next year, if that. So, I like seeing this stuff. I like seeing, hey, this is the game, and it's coming out soon. All right. And Nintendo doesn't really delay too much. Oh yeah, yeah, no, no, they're they're, they're pretty on point. Um, yeah, other than Breath of the Wild too, but we won't, we won't, we won't open that but can. They of worms. It's not like, but they don't <laughs> go. It's gonna come out this month or like they did with uh, Pokemon January twenty fifth. They don't move from the date. Like once they give you a, a concrete time frame or even a month, it's they are a lot better at that than most. I, I yeah. will say that. All right, man. Uh, let's go ahead and wrap up real quick by giving out some grades for this Nintendo Direct. So, considering everything we talked about, the highs, the lows, the what the hells of this thing, uh, the mouthfuls and, 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 and such, where are you at? What's your grade? And tell me why, real quick. Yeah, I, I gotta go. I gotta go with a B here, just a straight All up right. B. Um, yeah, I, I think that uh, you know 
the Fire Emblem Warrior stuff a little disappointing, uh, and a lot of stuff that I'm not really a fan of with Advance Wars. But you have the Mario Strikers, the Splatoons, the Kirby's, and then you have obviously Xenoblade Chronicles Three and what they're doing here with uh, Mario Kart Eight. Those aren't the those aren't the the games that I specifically wanted to be on here. Um, obviously, Elephant in the Room, Breath of the Wild was not mentioned at all, or in, or any kind of Metroid uh, Prime remake or Zelda remasters, uh, but. All in all, the fact that I was able to look at this and be super impressed by everything that they showed and not them showing the things that I love and still be impressed with Nintendo, that that goes a long way. So that's a B for me. To me, um, this Direct was, uh, it checked all the boxes of what makes a Direct a Direct. It starts off strong. uh, it, it, It fizzles out a little bit. A weird thing or two gets announced that you were like, what? Um Yep. And then it ends in a strong way as well. I think it, it did all that stuff like it usually does. Um, I would give it a B minus. I think the B minus is because of the Fire Emblem Warriors start. I think uh, that to me was just a, a, a fumble in my opinion. I wouldn't have kicked it off with that. I think that it was a little bit of a deflator for me. Um, but everything else honestly uh, looked really good. The Mario Strikers and, and, and Nintendo Switch Sports, uh, that those two are are huge right now. So I'm actually kind of excited yeah. to play sports games on Switch, which is kind of a weird thing to say. But uh, it is it is a thing, and I'm kind of um, I'm happy about that. Um, Xenoblade 3, to me, was the game of the event, in my opinion. That just looked yeah. incredible. Splatoon 3 was probably the runner-up there. Um, that They just look like can't-miss games, in my opinion. So I left that Direct actually quite happy, and I think it was kind of refreshing to see what Nintendo was up to after, again, all the, the acquisition talk between Sony and Microsoft. It was nice to see uh, oblivious little Nintendo over there in the corner kind of just chugging along, man. So, yeah, they're going to get a B-minus from me. Solid event all around. Um, and this was a solid podcast too uh, a little bit raunchier than normal but hey you know it is what it is it's, I, it's all your fault bro I didn't do nothing wrong I'm original uh, that's gonna that's gonna wrap up this originally week's show. nasty <laughs> alright you guys until next time thanks for tuning in to the show give our podcast a sub if you enjoyed this and don't forget to follow us on Instagram and Twitter guys we're at cooldown time podcast on IG cooldown time pod on Twitter and do so so that we'll always be in your FOV. You're welcome, and we'll see you next time.